SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three in the morning after right here on SportsGrid. On a Tuesday all across the Spiz Grizz Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. In this third and final hour of our Tuesday program, plenty to get to. More looks at the NCAA tournament. Megan Payton joins the show next for some Megan Payton MP madness. And also an update in the NFL, the annual meeting down in Florida this week. We are hearing from coaches. We are hearing from GMs. We are getting a small picture in this NFL offseason now that some of the frenzy has come to a close. And then later on in this hour, Bill Krakenberg, one of the sharpest in the industry, takes a look at the Final Four in New Orleans this weekend as well. But in this opening portion of our third and final hour it is our west coast wake up we welcome in our west coast audience here it's the home stretch of the nba regular season seven games pretty much left for most teams around the league a little less than two weeks until we get into the play-in tournament on april 12th so the postseason very much on the minds of everybody around the association let's first look at a game tonight for the lakers against the dallas mavericks and the lakers are holding on to the 10th spot in the Western Conference standings at the moment. And based on these odds, they might be in danger of falling out of even the play-in tournament after tonight's action. The Lakers currently a 12-point underdog against the Dallas Mavericks for tonight's game against the Mavs in Dallas. A 12-point underdog, not because the Lakers have just been playing poorly as of late, but LeBron James, doubtful for this matchup tonight, against the Mavs when you look at the Lakers here as of late they have lost two straight six of the last eight games as well only covering once in those six losses and that was as a double digit dog versus Philly they lost by only five points in that matchup against the Sixers a double digit dog once again tonight against the Dallas Mavericks meanwhile the Mavs have been playing great basketball really since Christmas but especially since the all-star break they've won three of their last four games they have covered in all three of those wins they've also won 11 of their last 15 but if you're looking for the strongest trend in the NBA as it pertains to Dallas it's what they do in terms of totals and they go under more often than anybody else in the association Dallas under in nine of their last 11 games the highest under percentage at 65 0.8% in all of the NBA 48 totals going under in total this year for Dallas that is the most in the NBA four more than the next closest which is New Orleans with 44 in total so a total at 219 tonight for the Mavericks and the Lakers that really hasn't moved since the overnight hours and again the Mavs a 12 point favorite against the Lakers who need to win basketball games and are struggling to do so at the moment. The Lakers are struggling, so too are their counterparts in L.A., the L.A. Clippers, who will be at home tonight in the Crypto.com Arena hosting the Utah Jazz. Now, overnight, the Clippers opened up as a short one-point favorite. It was the same price on the money line for both Utah and L.A. at minus 108. This morning, it's the Jazz as a short one-point favorite minus 118 on that money line the Clippers even money at plus 100 at the moment the over under up 
to 218 from an opening number that started at 217. Utah has lost four straight. The Clippers have lost five straight. A matchup of two teams that need to win right now. The Jazz sliding down the Western Conference standings, as are the LA Clippers. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here in this third and final hour of the morning after on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Clippers host the Jazz tonight in Los Angeles. We'll look at this game first in the big picture perspective as it pertains to the Western Conference. Utah, as I mentioned, has lost four straight. They have not covered in any of those four losses. Two of them coming as an underdog. They've only been a dog eight times this year. They are no longer an underdog at the moment. They've been booked as a favorite, in fact, in 67 of their 75 games so far. 29, 37, and 1 against the number for Utah when booked as a favorite this season. The seventh worst cover percentage in the NBA when booked as a favored side this year. They've also only gone over three times in their last 14 games. Three overs, 10 unders, one push for the Jazz as it goes with totals so far as of late. The Clippers have lost five straight games. They have lost eight of their last 10. They have been an underdog in five straight, and they have not covered in any of those five games as an underdog, all five games losing outright as well. Six straight games, the Clippers have not covered a number, so not playing their best basketball at a time when they really need to. Utah now in the fifth spot in the Western Conference, a game behind Dallas for fourth, a half game in front of the Denver Nuggets for that fifth spot to remain out of the play-in tournament, but still two and a half at the moment in front of the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Clippers firmly in that eighth spot in the Western Conference standings. The Clippers will be a member of that play-in tournament out in the West. And as you look at those Western Conference standings, Utah has slid down this board as well. Now, 9-1 to one for a team that was 6-1 to one just last week with the fourth best price. Utah has steadily been with the third best odds in the West all year long. Now the fourth best number behind the Memphis Grizzlies. The Clippers are at 30 to one and PG might be coming back for the play in tournament, but it is not looking very good right now for the Clippers who you might be able to find some value on the other sides, maybe from a nine 10 position in new Orleans, or maybe even the Lakers, if they can stay in the play in tournament, San Antonio minus minus one sixty five to make it the Lakers minus minus one twenty five to make the Western conference play in tournament. Megan Payton joins the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We get ready. Final four this weekend in New Orleans, just about four days away. Saturday, April 2nd, the madness continues from March into April, right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. It is now officially MP Madness. Megan Payton back on the show, who we just learned will be in the Big Easy this weekend for all that we have in store for the final four. Megan, what is the travel plans like? When will you arrive in NOLA? The travel plans are headed there on Friday. Also, hello, Ben. Thank you for having me on. Excited as always. It's been it's been an insane week and it's 
as we just said, it's only going to get crazier until it slows down a little bit. But I am headed to New Orleans on Friday. Be there for a little bit of the craziness Saturday and Sunday. Headed back Monday night. So it'll be fun. We'll see, I'm sure, a ton of fans. And this is just really good for the city of New Orleans for all of these big games. You know, you talk about who you'd like as a city to be in the Final Four. And I can't think of better four teams. It's going to bring a lot of people there. It's great for New Orleans. It'll be fun. When Megan is not grabbing content for the Spiz Grizz, I'm sure she will be on Bourbon Street or in the French Quarter with a <laughs> yes. hurricane or two in hand, enjoying all that will go into the atmosphere of the Final Four. And from a College Hoops fan perspective, from a brand name perspective, I'm not sure you could get a richer Final Four. Duke and North Carolina on one side with all of the narratives that go into that matchup for Coach K in his final year at the helm of Duke men's basketball. And then two other bluish of bloods on the other side kansas and villanova nova who is perfect so far in even year ncaa tournaments since 2016 the champs in 2016 and 2018 and now back in the final four for the third time in six years so megan as you approach that matchup between villanova and kansas and all that goes into this game how do you think of things for ku and nova I think, well, first of all, I think out of all four of these teams, honestly, any of them have a good shot. But the Kansas-Villanova mm. game, to me specifically, I look at as one that Kansas has a much stronger upper hand. I mean, they beat Miami in a very dominant fashion. We saw how well they played. And you can't say the same about Villanova. They were 29% from the field and 5 of 21 from 3. So it's concerning when you look at a team that really couldn't put up points, you know, last week. They made their free throws, so I guess that really is kind of what kept them in it. But they really just played better than an even worse shooting team. So to me, Kansas is more hot right now. Kansas, to me, seems like a team that has, you know, maybe not a huge upper hand because it is the Final Four. You never know what's going to happen. But it's the matchup that I feel best about saying Kansas at minus four and a half. I like the odds there. And I think Kansas could absolutely cover win outright. That is the team. And, you know, I'll just say it right now. I'm taking Kansas all the way. Oh, Kansas right now, plus 180 to win the national championship. The second best price behind Duke. KU rallied from down six at the halftime break against Miami on Sunday afternoon. They scored 47 points to Miami's 15 in that second half. And Villanova barely scored as many as Kansas did in the second half in the entire game. Nova only had 50 in their game against Houston, a gritty Pretty game with two teams that play at a slow tempo. I think the pace of play that we see in the opener on Saturday at the Final Four in New Orleans will dictate the result. Villanova getting four and a half right now with a total at 133. If it stays under, I think that favors Villanova in this spot. But we'll see how the game flow looks for that opening game in the Final Four on Saturday. And of course, the nightcap will be the attention of everybody following college basketball or really in the world of sports at this time. Coach K's final trip to the Final Four, his 13th all-time appearance in his final season. The Last Dance features a matchup against that old rival in North Carolina, who for the first time ever is facing Duke in the NCAA tournament. The historic perspective here, Megan, is truly mind-boggling. But as we look at the game, 
a four-point spread now in favor of Duke. We have seen some movement to UNSC's side. Do you agree with that movement? And what do you make of this matchup where I'm sure you'll enjoy the atmosphere on Sunday night or Saturday night, excuse me? I do agree with the movement, but I mean, we have to touch on just like what you said, the historic, you know, impact of this game. It's honestly wild that two teams with such a huge rival have never played each other in the tournament before. Mm. And we're finally seeing it. I'm saying that we haven't seen them play at all in the tournament let alone the final four. So this is going to be absolutely wild. And, you know, Coach K is going to love having a shot at, you know, getting a win after their loss in the regular season. Of course, he wants to go out with a big win. He wants to walk off with the trophy. But I do think that this game will be close. UNC has Caleb Love. They've been playing well, but I do think that Duke maybe wants it a little bit more. You know, they beat Arkansas, played really well. They've got some good young talent. So that's why I am inclined to say Duke has an upper hand here. But I do also think that UNC has been playing good basketball. We cannot deny how well that they've been playing. And they're kind of the, I guess you want to say, underdogs of this whole Final Four tournament. Yet, however, they have been playing well enough that you don't really want to think of them as an underdog. For sure. I mean, they're an eight seed. The fact an eight seed is in the final four is a pretty phenomenal thing, but they're North Carolina. They've made the most final fours in the history of the big dance 21 times now appearing in the final four in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So Megan, you said that you have Kansas winning it all. That's one side of the bracket. Who will the Jayhawks play in the national championship game in your opinion? I think they're going to play Duke just because I really think Teams feed off of momentum. And, you know, these guys, they want it for Coach K. They know the legendary status that he's been to college basketball as a whole. And they were pissed off in the regular season, excuse my language, about that loss against UNC. It was the final home game for Coach K, and it did not end anywhere near the way he wanted it to. And what a perfect way to come back and get a win that really matters. I think that Duke's going to come up on top here, but I think it will be very close. And I actually, if you know, if we see Duke at minus four, I wouldn't be surprised if UNC covers this and it will be a game that UNC plays from an underdog perspective as they did in that regular season finale inside Cameron Indoor UNC an 11 point dog that day they won outright by 13 points this time a four point underdog in North Carolina so far twice a dog in their four games in the NCAA tournament winning outright of course in both over Baylor and UCLA. So those odds to name the finalist, as Megan just did, plus 125 for Duke and Kansas to play in the Final Four or in the National Championship game. But for Kansas to get the win in the exact result category, that would be plus 350. So some value that Megan Payton provides, as always. A couple of names that I'm sure you'll be keeping an eye on from a most outstanding player perspective, Megan, Paolo Bencaro, Ochai Abaji, maybe Remy Martin, Colin Gillespie, any planned social media interviews with these good folks down there in New Orleans? You know, it's going to be a wild weekend, and so it's going to be a hustle. Ideally, you just, you know, stumble upon one of them on the streets of New Orleans. But I have a feeling these guys aren't going to be on Bourbon Street. We're going to do our best to get as many interviews as possible. But really, we're there for the fun of it. We want to get these fan interactions. But if I had one guy that I could interview, it's Ochai Abaji. I think think that he's been playing so well. And, you know, I'm taking Kansas here, so I also think that he could be the most outstanding 
player. If I could interview anyone, it would be him. But we might be sticking to the streets of New Orleans and talking to fans. 18 points in that Elite Eight victory over Miami, the Big 12 Player of the Year, Ochai Abaji. And if you agree with Megan, and as she just mentioned, correlate those two markets. KU plus 180 to win the national championship, the second best price. Ochai Abaji plus 500 to win the MOP, the second best price behind Paolo Bancaro. But who wins the natty probably decides who wins the most outstanding player as well. Megan is not done here on this Tuesday on the morning after. NFL offseason never stops. We look at some of those odds up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, joined for a second straight segment by Megan Payton. We looked at the madness this weekend in the Final Four in New Orleans. MP will be there in the thick of it in the Big Easy to take that all in. But after the madness comes to a close, one of the next biggest events we have on the sports calendar, at least standalone, Las Vegas, Nevada, the 2022 NFL draft firmly in draft season right now about a month away and Megan the odds are shifting like crazy Aiden Hutchinson now a very heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars but at number two to the Detroit Lions that's where it gets a little bit more interesting right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook so Megan as you look at these odds to be the number two overall selection where do you think the value might be or where do you think Detroit goes with this second overall pick well, Ben, I'm honestly surprised how much Evan Neal kind of slid down mm. this line. He was originally, I mean, we saw for weeks him at number one projection. And I think that he's a really strong player. And I think a lot of these early draft pick teams can use some offensive line help. So, you know, I do like Aiden Hutchinson to Jacksonville as a first overall. But I think Evan Neal is going to go much sooner than we think. So I have him as my projected number two. But then again, the Lions are so unpredictable that, like, let's just be crazy here and say maybe they want to get a Jared Goff replacement. They haven't felt so great in him, obviously not performing the way that they want him to. So do they go out and go get Malik Willis and then maybe let mm. Goff play one more year, kind of train him, get him ready to go? Those are my two watching out for number two Lions. I like either Evan Neal or Malik Wills, because I do think Jacksonville is going to, you know, go ahead and take Aiden Hutchinson. It is going to be so interesting, and it's a very peculiar thing to see both Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker, the outstanding freaky edge rusher out of Georgia, be the two shortest odds for both number one overall and number two overall, because Trayvon Walker has screamed up the board for the first overall selection. Aiden Hutchinson just last week, minus 420, Still a heavy odds-on favorite at minus 250, but Trayvon Walker now the second-best price to go number one overall to the Jags at plus 350. Both Hutchinson and Walker, as you saw there, tied as co-favorites to go number two at plus 250. It would be an indication that at number two, the Lions are looking edge, whether it's Hutchinson still available or Trayvon Walker. But I think Megan brings up a great point about Malik Willis at plus 500. 
it would be a reach on that quarterback out of Liberty. But when you have the number two overall pick and when you don't feel you have your franchise QB in Jared Goff, you must then at least think about the idea of taking a quarterback at number two. So as we discuss that first QB selected, Megan, the odds say it will be Malik Willis. I think it will be Malik Willis. You think it will be Malik Willis. What stands out to you about the promise that Willis can have at the next level? I just think the way that we've seen him, you know, in his years at Liberty, what he's been able to do, the improvement that he's had. And I do think that he works with a certain scheme. Now, Dan Campbell is a, an aggressive head coach. It's been really yeah. fun to watch him. Obviously, he spent a good amount of time in New Orleans. So on a personal level, I love him. And then getting to see him as a head coach has been really fun. Now, I think that he would do really well with Malik Willis. That's why I say I could see the Lions, you know, going that route. But if we're talking just quarterback performance as a whole, Kenny Pickett got a lot of, you know, as we talked about, heat for having his small hands and how important that was going to be for teams. Kenny Pickett, to me, actually might be the strongest quarterback in this draft just because I like his style of play. But Malik Willis is a guy that I think fits in with certain schemes. And I think that, you know, it's a more aggressive choice. It's someone that, you know, you look at the way that quarterbacks are changing and playing, you know, Kenny Pickett fits a little bit more of that older style quarterback where Malik Willis, I think has really good potential. He's fast. He's, you know, he can throw the ball great, but he can also move around. I like the way Willis is playing, but Kenny Pickett to me is still someone that I think should be a little bit higher up on the projection mock drafts that we're seeing are the odds here because he's still a very solid quarterback as well. Yeah, it's a two-quarterback race, it seems, because Malik Willis is minus 200, Kenny Pickett is plus 175, and then a pretty far drop-off to Sam Howell and Matt Corral, both at 20-1. to 1. Kenny Pickett was a Heisman finalist. Kenny Pickett led Pitt to an ACC championship. Let's not let the small hands deter us from what Kenny Pickett can actually do on a football field. So it will be interesting to see what happens at number two overall. That's really where the draft starts, and we're in smokescreen season as well, you'll see reports as you search the internet for Trayvon Walker that say he's a realistic possibility at number one for Jacksonville. Is that smoke or is there credibility? All part of what makes draft season very fun and all part of what leads to changes in the odds board, as Megan alluded to. Evan Neal was an odds-on favorite to go number one overall like three weeks ago. And now his draft position, as it relates to Iki Aquanu, another offensive tackle out of NC State, Iki Aquanu has a better draft position than Evan Neal does, Megan. So when you look at the over-under here, Iki Aquanu at three and a half, the under has the juice. Evan Neal at three and a half, the over has the juice, which means they expect Iki Aquanu to go at least number three or maybe even number two to Detroit. Picking at three, of course, is the Houston Texans. I don't know if we compare these two in their abilities, Megan, but it's just so fascinating to see this odds movement now in the month leading up to the NFL draft. You're exactly right. And I think it's because we really don't know. And I, I mean, to be honest, I love that, you know, we can actually bet on this because it's so fun yeah. and it's such a it's such a gamble here. But in my opinion, I'd flip this because I think Evan Neal, as I said, you know, I'm a I'm an Evan Neal fan. I think that he could be in the top 
three. So I like the under here. Now with Icky, I'd say I don't see the Texans going this route. And honestly, if Malik Willis is still available, you know, if we see, you know, Jacksonville go with Aiden Hutchinson and then we see Walker gone with Detroit, the Texans need a quarterback. Maybe they're going Malik, but maybe Evan Neal's still around. I just don't see Icky going in the top three. I see him more of like a five, six, seven pick. And Evan Neal would be the guy that I'd say I'll maybe take the under here. Evan Neal is a freak of nature. Yeah. Evan Neal is 6'7", 330. Where is it like he's a skinny guy and can do split leg box jumps up to like nine feet? Evan Neal is a freak of nature, not a discredit of Iki Aquanu, who is fantastic as well. But it has been fascinating to see the odds work against Evan Neal for reasons we don't really know. And when you compare these guys, not only in their draft position, but to be the number third, the number three overall selection to Houston, Iki Aquanu, the favorite, plus 175. Evan Neal, plus 250. So, Megan, I want to do something fun here. Let's look at the Super Bowl odds for this upcoming year in 2022. Of course, Super Bowl 57 in 2023. Last year, we saw the Bengals with a second-year quarterback after only winning four games in his rookie campaign in Joe Burrow have odds in the preseason at 120 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, and then since he got there. There's a couple of interesting options, I think, when you compare second-year quarterbacks with a developing roster to what they might be able to pull upsets off with in this upcoming year. Trevor Lawrence, his second year in Jacksonville, and a new head coach in Doug Peterson. Thankful for Trevor Lawrence that he no longer has to play under Urban Meyer. Zach Wilson, <laughs> in his second year, in New York, and the Jets have had a fantastic offseason, and the Jaguars spent more money than pretty much the entire NFL <laughs> on acquiring pieces for Trevor Lawrence. So, Megan, if there was a long shot on this board to be a Cincinnati Bengals-ish team this upcoming year, who are you looking at? You know, I do. I like the Jags style this this year. You know, they're definitely going all in. They kind of have that, like, Rams mentality for this year. So mm. they are a good, call it Joe Burrow-esque, Bengals-like team. You know, they. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to work better under a different coach. I think that he, you know, is getting stronger. But what about the Patriots? I don't even think that they're on this list. Ooh. But Mac Jones is, I mean... He looked really good to me. And I know that, you know, they took a little bit of heat. It obviously wasn't their best season. And the whole storyline with the Patriots is forever going to be Tom Brady and what he did for that team. But Bill Belichick is a very smart coach. And he brought in Mac Jones. And he knew that he could develop him. He could become a really good quarterback. I mean, no one was talking about Brady before Belichick and him started working together. Now, I think Mac Jones is obviously a guy that we've all heard about went very early on in the draft. That is a team to me that could make a sneaky appearance. And of course, it would make Belichick really happy to get back in there. Now, could we see, this would be interesting, a Patriots versus Rams Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, a Patriots versus Bucks Super Bowl with Brady back. Wow. That, I mean, that would be something <laughs> for year 23. If in fact it is Brady's last year, we never really know with that guy. Maybe another second year quarterback in the much easier NFC, my guy, Justin Fields for Chicago, new oh, offensive yeah. coordinator, new head coach. 
maybe something to keep in mind. Speaking of the NFC, Megan, this week down in Florida, the annual meeting for the National Football League, we're getting some updates. Sean McVay saying he has spoken to Aaron Donald. He has reiterated his interest in returning. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, not exactly sure if Jimmy G is going to be a part of the team this year or not. The NFC West is going to be competitive once again. You look at those odds, the Rams plus 150 as the favorites. The Niners only 45 cents behind at plus 195. And of course, the cards plus 270 as well. Megan Payton, we continue to monitor all the craziness, not only in the madness in March for the NCAA tournament, but of course, the NFL offseason as well. Enjoy New Orleans, please, my friend. Have a wonderful time in the Big Easy. Thank you. Thank you. We will keep you guys updated all week, so make sure everyone is following Sports Grid. We'll have some fun stuff. Back then. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Just four days from now, Saturday, April 2nd, the madness continues into a new month. The final four of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament in New Orleans. And what a final four it is from a brand name perspective. Villanova in Kansas on one side. And of course, on the other, in his final trip to the final four, his 13th all-time Appearance. Coach Mike Krzyzewski bids farewell to college basketball against a bitter foe in North Carolina. You want a Final Four that means something that has all that storybook possibility and the endings that we love in all of college hoops? Then get ready for this weekend on Saturday in New Orleans for the Final Four. Joining us here on the morning after right now on a Tuesday to help set the stage for New Orleans. It is one of the sharpest in the industry in Bill Krakenberger. If you need some more knowledge from what you get today, and there will be tons, and there's tons available on the Crack Wins app as well. Crack, thank you so much for joining us here on this Tuesday ahead of the Final Four in New Orleans in just a few days. Hey, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is like basketball royalty. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I think these guys have like 17 titles between all these teams. Uh, hmm. I think I heard that. This is a lot of storylines here. Coach K and uh, Duke and UNC first time uh, meeting like this. Um, it, it's, it's actually exciting to watch these two games where literally any of the four, uh, you know, could be the national champion this year. So it, it, it should be exciting. I'm actually looking forward to watch some games. I usually am not, you know, looking forward to that kind of thing. So uh, it, it's been a, it's been a fun year, and 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 uh, glad we're back to normality here. And uh, you know, sports betting's at at its peak. Let me tell you, I don't know about uh, you, but I, I have noticed because I am all around casinos. I have never ever seen casinos and sports books as packed as they have been for this March Madness. And in general, doesn't have to be the weekend. It could be a you know a random Monday Tuesday. Uh, Caesar's Palace. You can't even walk through it, Ben. It's unbelievable, the foot traffic at the, in these casinos. People have money. You know, my, buddy and I, my buddies and I were sitting around. Um, sports, we were at the Wynn the other day, which is probably 
it's probably my favorite casino in town. It's such a classy, elegant place. So I'm at the win the other day and sitting up front, turned around. This was uh, this was uh, the Thursday. So it was uh, last Thursday and literally a thousand people in the sports book went outside the sports book mm. to the casino that night. People everywhere. I just think people after, the, you know, maybe after the pandemic, sitting home for six months straight. And um, I always say, like, people, it's nice to give with a warm hand rather than a cold hand. I think people are spending their uh, retirement money, and <laughs> I think they're just going to enjoy life now. Uh, and, and let me tell you something. The sports books are definitely seeing lots of that money. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, the, the volume is unbelievable. You don't hear a lot of uh, bookmakers crying no more. There's been a couple seasons here. We've had bookmakers literally on Twitter and, uh, you know, saying how, how, oh, my God, if this game wins, we're, we're, it's, our, it's our worst weekend ever. You don't hear that no more. There's so much square money in the market. And I don't mean to make fun of anybody. I'm just saying there's a lot of square money in the market. People coming up. Uh, I know people that were coming up to me at the win. Wow. It was uh, one of the biggest displays I've ever seen. of Just people having, I, I don't want to insult no one, uh, no knowledge of anything. They just want to bet. Hey, hey, crack, crack, what do you want? Hey, crack, what do you want? What do you got? What do you got? You got to play for me. Um, you know, especially down this deep into the final four. No, I, I, I don't have a play for you. No, I, I, I really don't enjoy the game. I know it's hard to not have action on something you're watching. This is almost like a Sunday night or Monday night football game uh, a weekend where people maybe are chasing some of their losses and stuff. They're just looking for action. I, I have probably never witnessed what I've seen these past two weekends. Both coasts, by the way. I was in Atlantic City watching the games for four days straight in the FanDuel Sportsbook and Bally's there. Come back here to Vegas. I was in Caesars one night. I was in the Win one night. Um, it, it's amazing the people that are betting sports from all over the place. It's a newbie thing for a lot of people. They don't even know how to approach it. They just know they want action. Craig, you often, when it comes to college basketball, you look at games that are not really all that front and center in that public attention. It does not get more public than Duke in North Carolina, meaning for the first time in NCAA tournament history, now in the final four, in the final year of Coach K. So where do you think that public better will be looking this weekend for Saturday in the final four? Well, yeah, now, and and, and I don't. I look at the women's uh, this time of the year. I'm still betting women's basketball, maybe even some NIT, or I'll be looking forward to other even sports coming up. But uh, like the big games like that, I, I mean, they're both opened up around four, four and a half. They seem to mm. still be there. There's not any giant movement happening uh, on these games. Um, I would actually, I'm not really doing nothing in that game at all that I think. Uh, the, the other game, I actually lean towards the under in the first half. There's still a lot of 62s out there. Uh, there it's open 62, 62 and a half. Still the local uh, casinos here I've seen this morning. There was like four or five with 62 in the first half. I am uh, leaning under in that game, but as far as the big game with uh, Duke UNC, I, I think it's lined uh, literally perfect right now. So um, I, I won't have a play in that game. I'm 95% to not have a play in the game. And watching uh, literally as a fan of the game, and uh, but, but normally my uh, allegiance is my bankroll only. So I really have no interest in in. You know, I could bet a, a Duke or a York, North Carolina either side, and, and and after the game's over, the next the next week, I, I, the next game, I could bet against them. There is no allegiance there. So, uh, and normally a game 
that involves a Duke or a North Carolina, I kind of stay away from those big games that have lots of eyes on them. There is, uh, listen, the lines are tighter than ever now. There's only a couple games to focus on. It's not like the first round of March Madness when the bookmakers have many, many lines to look at and uh, you know not give the time that they normally could. On a game like this, when, when it's so much uh, microscopes and everything on these, forget it. This, this is really a, a tough game to handicap. The, the, the Kansas game is too, I'll tell you right now. But I know everyone wants to have some action, but all I'm saying is, uh, you know, I always re- try to promote responsible gambling and and uh, and just like those Jersey sports books do a fantastic job at promoting uh, responsible gambling. Uh, I'm just just uh, take it easy, guys. There's there's lots of other opportunities out there, except for a game that's been covered by every major network. And it's all people are talking about, uh, except for Chris Rock and Will Smith. Yeah, that was definitely a storyline heading into this week leading up to the Final Four. But, Crack, I think you bring up two great points right there. Sometimes the best bet is no bet at all if you did not do your research and you do not have a strong feel one of the two ways. Or if you want to take it a step further, not just looking at the game spread or a game total overall, but there's a plethora of options, a first-half total, a first-half spread, a team total, more props available now for these final four games in New Orleans. So how do you advise the casual sports better to take that next step in their handicapping to maybe find a better edge? You know, this year, Ben, is the first year, and it wasn't really March Madness. I noticed it earlier in the season. I'll tell you, um, if you guys really have to have action on the game, just mark it handicap. Pull up a sharp sports book like FanDuel's prior. I always say that FanDuel's the sharpest I won't put a lot of bets in with FanDuel uh, unless it's real early when the lines just come up. Uh, but but uh, I'll put some futures in and stuff. But not not really a lot of live wagering is done with FanDuel when, when I'm there. Uh, I'll play the, the the slower moving sports books that are in New Jersey. But here's what I'm talking about: live wagering. You want to just have action, market cap. Pull up a sports book. You can go to the website for for uh, you can get right in. You can just go to like Pinnacle pinnacle.com or or, uh, or or a fanduel.com fan i'm a fanduel app and look at their line on the live wagering now compare it to the slow moving sports books i swear i cannot believe what i seen in the first two rounds of march madness when i was there i found three point differences on totals uh one point differences on sides during live wagering so when i'm saying market handicap I would use the sharper sports book and say they're the sharper sports book. Uh, that line is more correct. Their algorithm is more correct than the slower moving ones. Um, and, and I'll tell you right now, there's some money to be made live wagering, but may, very, very important, Ben, only during the commercials. Very important. I don't like wagering during the game. There's too much of a lull. Uh, even when I was at the FanDuel Sportsbook there uh, and Bally's, it was about 22 seconds uh, behind, but it's not just there. It's it's almost everywhere. There's um, where was I? oh, I, thought, I was at the win. The win was forty seconds. Forty. I was watching two scores ahead on my live odds screen that I pay for. Literally two possessions, two scores ahead, watching compared to the live line in the win sports book, the live TV. I mean, so um, oh, just be careful, guys. Just to know that the sports books are ahead of you. And they have a, a TV delay. They have a, a AM radio feed, which gives them a live line. I just would bet during the commercials only. And market capping 
is a really cool thing to do. It's fun. You'll have action, and you'll even see if you're fast enough, you may even have middle opportunities, which I don't usually recommend. Uh, you may have some middle opportunities. And by the way, I'm getting a ton of questions on Twitter about yeah. hedging futures. Listen, guys, if you want to take your futures, you have futures on Kansas and futures on anything you have a future on. Um, if the money means so much to you, okay, you can hedge the game, but shop around for the best line. But when I bet a future bet, I bet to win that future bet. I am usually, unless I'm betting something 100 to 1 or something, I usually don't bet anything that I'll hedge out because when you make a hedge bet, you're making a negative expected bet. So when I'm betting a, a, a negative bet, I don't like doing that. But if the money means so much to you compared to your normal bet size, well, then I understand hedging. But I'm getting a lot of questions about, uh, you know, Kansas and, and uh, some people have some futures on even Villanova. And um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I, I'm not a hedge guy. So I, but you, but you, but I understand the reasons why you may you may do it, guys. I just don't bet a future with saying, "Oh, I'm going to hedge this when it gets down deep." Yeah, it makes sense, crack. Because right now you do see some plus money prices on some odds you might have had prior to the tournament, but especially now, even some of the results we have in the exact result market or a national championship odds market. They're getting shorter and shorter, and we're pretty much talking about a two-game money line parlay to cash some of these tickets. Wonderful insight heading into New Orleans this weekend for the Final Four. How to best approach it from a casual sports betting perspective. That is what the sharpest mind in the industry, Bill Krakenberger, provides for us here on a Tuesday on TMA. If you need more info, always check out the Crack Wins app as well. Crack, thank you as always. Enjoy the games this weekend. They are going to be marvelous. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. I just now that I've seen that market you guys have up, very interesting that you know FanDuel has a lot of ways to bet these games. Uh, you want to look right. at those things. I there might be a, some low hanging fruit there. I seen one little nugget I like there on that that exact market there. So uh, take a peek at that, guys. All right. Well, listen. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Have a great Final Four. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much, Crack. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. But as he alluded to right there, there are some plus money opportunities or other ways to handicap the Final Four from just looking at a game spread or a total overall. We end out the morning after on this Tuesday with a best bet. Stay here for Bye Bye Bye. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Three out. About to come to a close on this Tuesday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. You have been watching all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We end out this Tuesday show by giving you our best bet for the day. The focus is on the NBA slate, the tournaments on both the men's and women's side a couple of days off until we get back to the Final Four. The women's tourney in Minneapolis for the Final Four that begins on Friday night. Of course, the men's side in New Orleans for the final four teams remaining starting on Saturday evening. So the NBA in this home stretch, less than two weeks left of this regular season and two teams out west in Los Angeles tonight that both 
desperately need a win as they try to round into form heading into the postseason, both for different reasons. We're talking about the Jazz and the Clippers. So that's our focus. Before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for an NBA best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Overnight last night, the Clippers opened up in this game against Utah as a one-point home favorite, but both sides had the same price on the money line at minus 108. Now it's the Jazz, a slight road favorite, laying one point on the spread, minus 118 on that money line. I'm looking at the Jazz on the money line. They have lost four straight games. They have not covered in any of those four losses. The Clippers have lost five straight in eight of their last 10. The Clips have not covered in six consecutive games, but we're getting a few news alerts here on this Tuesday morning. Our fabulous stat man, our intern Joe Frizo, telling us that Paul George is hopeful to make his return for LA tonight. Always know the status report, but besides that, I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell, who's not on the injury report for Utah, a Jazz team that just desperately needs a win to stay in the hunt for a Western Conference crown. Jazz Moneyline. Jazz Moneyline. Minus 118 tonight against the LA Clippers. The morning after each and every weekday, 9 a.m. Eastern time is our start time. I'm Ben Stevens, and we'll talk tomorrow right here on The Grid.